Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy to be here. Wait, did you get your um, your X box of rocks in the mail? or? Oh, oh, I did. And I literally was like, oh man, it's here. It feels like there's something in it. Is it actually something? Like, you had me so freaked out, dude. Me? So it wasn't me. I, yeah. I told you it was going to come. Unless you, unless Matt is standing in the room and you're talking to him, which is super well, unprofessional yeah, then... of him while you're podcasting, to be honest, just hovering. <laughs> no, like, I just, between, like, just everything, the internet and, and my husband and you, like, I just, I was totally convinced that I was, was completely be supportive. I don't, I really don't know what's going on here. Uh huh. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I think I don't yes, know. I did. I did get my Xbox. Um, it came. It was very. Um, the packaging on it was very interesting. It was like, uh, um, Xbox Series X, power your dreams, and I was like, wow, calm down, Xbox. <laughs> but uh, so far, yeah. So like, literally the first night that I got it, I didn't do anything other than download a gajillion gigs of data like hope you haven't <laughs> limited like yeah we do thankfully but there was like there was uh, installing everything like all the games that i wanted there was you know um all the apps to download system updates like just every i was like okay so today is just download day and that's all that's happening but um i did get a chance to jump in and play assassin's creed which i'm really excited about i've played about 5 hours of it now and um it's so okay first and foremost i'm glad that i'm playing it on the series x because i feel like if i was playing it on probably anything else like maybe my pc would be okay but i do very much think that uh yeah it's it runs smooth as butter on the series x but i think it would have some issues on anything else um right now i'm finding that like there's a there's so many like all of these big open world games are so funny because they just try to be so big and they just have so many little bugs and glitchy things that i'm just like oh guys why <laughs> so but i feel like most of the glitches and bugs are in the programming, not in the performance, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think anything is messing up because this, the the system can't handle it. I think it's all just like, for instance, um, they tried the like climb anywhere thing. So it's not like designated ledges like in like Tomb Raider. Mm -hmm. So you can basically just scale any bare rock face, but they don't really that. They just like let you start climbing and then there's some places that look like you should be able to grab onto them some places with like icicles hanging from the edge of a ledge that again you feel like you should be able to like grab and pull yourself up i mean you're you're hanging there on bare rock like there's no cracks or anything and i'm just like okay so you can hang on to a sheer like 90 degree rock face but you have an issue grabbing an icicle the size of my arm like it's okay. ice it's cold jocelyn i guess yeah i guess anyways so uh there was this one point where i was kind of climbing up this like rock thing and i tried to jump to something that was ice because i it was right at the very beginning of the game and i was like maybe six feet off the ground like i was not high 
And the game was like, oh, you can't grab onto that. But also you're really high off the ground. And the ground that you're like over now has like icicles like pointing up. Not a lot of them. Like I thought that they were just like a like a visual, like there was still a ledge there. But I don't know, something about the combination of those things, not being able to grab onto the wall anymore, but also not able to safely hit the ground put me in this like infinite fall animation so i was like three or four feet off the ground going whoa for like five minutes <laughs> even to the point because there's like that um like bullet time thing where when you jump you can like if you aim your bow you can like do a fancy move in the air so mm. i tried aiming my bow and my like falling animation stopped and went to bullet time and then i went back to the infinite falling <laughs> it was just like oh my god this is the worst thing ever so then eventually i like because i was just like jamming buttons which is how i figured out the bullet time thing but i was just like jamming buttons and eventually i guess like just the animation of my like hand coming around got it to the perfect spot to like grab the wall for a second and like break the animation at which point i fell the last three feet of the five foot fall and died <laughs> from fall damage because i'd been the game like thought i was falling for five minutes and they're like well if you're falling for five minutes clearly that's a great height you should die now yeah <laughs> it's like I mean, oh my god you're dead on it's arrival ridiculous <laughs> uh yeah that sounds so like, the, a, that's like a programming, programming thing that's yeah, yeah that's that's not a, an xbox bug that's definitely a, a valhalla bug so <laughs> yeah I, I guess my first question when it comes to the series x is is probably a lot of people's question who haven't experienced it but is the loading like actually as fast as they say like are we it, they say it's super quick right so it's is it confirm is it super quick <laughs> i haven't noticed the load screen yet what that is insane yeah oh, man. <laughs> like so i like i don't know if they're happening so quickly that it just seems like camera fade to black fade it back up again sort of thing um but i haven't hit like a loading bar or anything um same with like i mean you can traverse the world um like completely freeform and again like i've had no issues like getting in and out of my um because you have like a long ship mm -hmm. so you can uh call it anytime you're anywhere near the water and you've got this big like horn thing that you blow um and you can so you can call it anytime you're near the water and even like taking command of that ship and like going into the um like the sailing mechanics and stuff there's no loading or anything and you can jump straight off of that ship onto the ground and just like run up the side of a mountain like there's no loading or anything or like hey you've moved to a new part of the world now now i should say though right now i've only because like i have i have the worst problem with assassin's creed games because there are so many things to do and find and explore that I end up super sidetracked and I never do anything. So I'm like five hours in and I'm only just leaving the first like southern Norway area. So I'm about to go meet the king of northern Norway. Uh, and that's like as far as I've gone. Now, I think... I think based on some of the things some of the characters have said in the game, because I've I've 
stayed pretty much spoiler free. Um, so based on things the characters in the game have said, I think I'm going to be expanding outwards and going to England, Ireland, France, like kind of like other spots in like northern and like Western Europe and stuff. So I don't know if there's going to be like loading if I decide to like sail from Norway to England or something. Do you know what I mean? Like there might be some sort of like you're moving to a new continent. Yeah. Load screen or something. But yeah, just um, traversing through and around either land or sea in and around the Norway map. I haven't had any any loading at all. Yeah, no, I, I believe the game does feature other continents, uh, you know, um, England, United Kingdom. Uh, I could be completely wrong. I remember I, I watched a little <laughs> bit of the pre-release stuff, but I, I believe there is some raiding the coastline type stuff as, as a Viking to get like supplies and stuff. I mean, yeah, I've done a little bit of that, but okay. um, yeah, I just don't know how to get a, like I haven't the story hasn't progressed to the point where I've left Norway yet. Which um, they're basically like, I know there's got to be more to the map based on how much I've seen and explored in five hours and like based on how the story is has progressed and stuff like I'm like, okay, there's there's a whole lot more like I just met the assassins. So I'm like, you can't have an Assassin's Creed game that first of all is only 10 hours long. And second of all, takes five of those hours before they introduce you to the assassins. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so Odyssey was immense. Like it was a huge amount of islands. And uh, it sounds like this one is even bigger from what I've heard. And yeah, so I, I think I'm basically in, for lack of a better term, like the starting zone of Valhalla. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm still yeah, I'm still in the like level one difficulty because the other thing that's freaking huge is the skill tree like dude this is like skyrim or bigger levels of a skill tree it's insane um there's like a whole bunch of like core abilities with a whole bunch of little buffs and stuff like you get like plus two to health plus two to attack like you get skill things all the time you're leveling up pretty consistently and so and then it'll like each of these little like clouds of constellations of stars again very skyrimy um has like a core ability in the middle but like you could spend like 10 to 12 points around each one of those abilities and there's i don't even know how many like it's just it's crazy the skill tree in this thing is huge 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 so um but i will say like it it's has a lot of really meaningful choices which is really cool um and there's no side quests well like there's okay there's side quests but they've tricked me into liking them (laughs) okay (laughs) so okay so there are no like um uh, to use a wow example there's no like exclamation marks there's no like talk to this person they'll tell you to go kill 10 chickens and come back to them again to turn it in. It's like they've put all the focus on your main story. The main story is really well paced. It's like you don't spend any time like there's like no downtime in the main story. So like you'll go and like raid a village or something and progress the main story. And then they're like, okay, 
we're going to have a celebration at this other place, like meet us there. And you're like, okay. And then the, it'll just like progress time to like the next morning or whatever. After the raid, you can go around the town and like pick up all your loot. And then you can head on over to like the victory party. And you just can keep going and going and going because there's nothing saying like, hey, you should stay here and do this. Which then makes it like when you find side quests and mysteries and stuff, feel like you found a secret. Like Ryan, they put side quests in, but they totally tricked my brain into thinking they're cool. Like... So in the main like village, like the first village that you come to, it's like it's like your home village or whatever. Um, there's like a woman standing there and she's next to like all of these like deer carcasses and stuff. And so you can walk up to her. You can basically talk to anybody. So you could walk up to her and be like, oh, nice deer you got there. And she's like, oh, thank you. And you're like, oh, you must be a hunter. And she's like, oh, I am. Are you like, are you a hunter? And you're like. Well, yes, I do fancy myself good with a bow. And she's like, well, I know the best spots, but I'm not telling you until you prove it because I don't want somebody stomping in there and scaring away all my deer. So if you can bring me three reindeer antlers, then I'll show you where the best hunting spot is in the zone. But you don't get like there's no tracking. There's nothing in your journal. Like I just have to remember that there's a chick in that village that will tell me because the uh, antlers don't drop off of every deer, even every deer that you find with antlers. It does like it's a very rare drop. So like at some point in the game, I'm just going to have to remember I have to go back and prove I'm a good hunter to her. And like then I'm going to get a big chunk of XP. Like it's so cool because <laughs> it's just like it feels more like organic, I guess. Yeah, organic. And like involve it, it pulls you into the world more. Then like, oh, yeah, there's Susie with her freaking side quest. And then like Bobby over there who is all tangled up in his fishing line. Got it. I guess I got to go do that. Like, it doesn't feel like there are things that you have to do. It feels like there are things that you can do if you find them, which is just it's so much of a different feeling. And I also haven't reached a point yet. Now I am playing on... um pathfinder difficulty for exploration which basically like hides everything mm. um and then i'm playing on not normal whatever it was one below normal for combat uh, for yeah. combat yeah uh just to just to get through it a little bit quicker because again i don't have 18 billion years and even playing um like one level lower than normal there was still a boss fight where the mechanic was very, very Dark Souls-y. Like, it was a little bit more forgiving than, well, I guess a lot more forgiving than Dark Souls. Like, I could get hit, like, three times probably before dying. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, still really punishing. And again, that was on the the easier than normal combat difficulty. So, like, the the combat has been, like, decently challenging. But honestly, like, it's just been, it's been really fun to, like roll over raids with my crew and just be like oh yeah let's go raid that island bra double axe let's go slice 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 like it, i i enjoy feeling op yeah. uh so like i haven't hit a point yet where um my experience or lack thereof like has been detrimental like i feel like i have to go find side quests which is always my problem in games right is when i get derailed from the main story 
but they did a really, really good job of distributing XP in the main story so that anything that you find feels like a bonus as opposed to like you have to stop and do side quests now to get your character level up. So I think the pacing of it's really good and they've made you feel like you are like this Norse warrior trying to carve out your your place in Valhalla and and make sure that people remember your name and sing songs about you and stuff like that like you it's very very much like the the like hero fantasy mm-hmm. i guess um and again because they've like really hidden the side quests to the point that they're more like secrets they've very much leaned into the main story and that like heroic feeling. And it just, oh man, it's so fun to quest through. It's so fun. Yeah. I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, I, I played a lot of Odyssey, like quite a bit. And um, yeah, you played way more of that than I did. Yeah. And the Pathfinder difficulty for exploration, if it adds nothing to the map, is that correct? Like it's, there's no like icons in terms of like, you go here and you'll find like a, bunch of bear crap and that'll lead you to this yeah so like yeah so like the default um is it will show you like colored dots mm-hmm. uh the i guess aided exploration mode like the easy exploration mode will show you icons of what things actually are um so you basically like there's uh on the normal mode there's different colors so like blue is mysteries Uh, White is artifact and yellow is like um, gold and treasure and stuff. Uh, I think they call it wealth because sometimes it's also um, like skills. You can find like books out in the world that'll just automatically teach you a skill. So um, there's that that's in the normal mode is just like those colored dots versus like in the aided exploration, it'll show you like a stack of gold and like this mystery is an npc you have to find this mystery is a combat one like stuff like that um and then in the pathfinder one yeah there's there's no there's no help <laughs> yeah i guess it's, you just kind of have to pay attention well it, and and that's the thing i think where i struggled with odyssey in terms of uh long term gonna keep playing this is that i got distracted by wanting to do everything because everything the main character did um was interesting like every interaction was like they put a lot of work into this world and it's like well i want to do this side quest because i get more time with my main character interacting with other characters even though the main story completely good to just kind of barrel right through it and that creates this uh, we don't have a lot of time to play all the games let alone one and I think the idea of approaching it as like, I'm just going to be a Viking and I'm going to like just kind of Viking it, you know, just keep, keep on rolling. I'm just going to Viking it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said uh, officially. But I mean, yeah, history is the tagline of Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I yell. Viking, you know, <laughs> I am what I am. No, um, I, it just sounds a lot more interesting to kind of explore at your own pace uh in my mind that sounds fine i guess where i struggle is well, like i found them sorry i, I was just gonna say i i found ahead. the the side quests that i did complete were things that i just naturally came across so i was going from like one town to one outpost and on the road i found like a guard post or like a, like a little fire and and like a watch site 
and the guy was asleep. So I went over to him and like tried to wake him up and he woke up kind of, but then just like kind of started sleepwalking. And then that was one of the like XP granting side quest mysteries is you basically have to like keep talking to him and make sure he doesn't like walk off a cliff. And then like if, if you can wake him up, which eventually I did, then he's like, oh, whoa, what's going on? And then you have this like whole exchange about how like he's been so worried and anxious about being a guard and and watching for all these raiding parties and stuff that he's uh not able to sleep at night but then can't stay awake when he's on his post which is when he should be awake and you have this whole like conversation with him about like managing his anxiety as a viking guard like it just it's like it's really interesting and then he's like oh man i just i don't even know what day it is like i gotta get back down to the watch post before they say i'm a deserter and he like jumps on his horse and like goes riding off in the into the you, sunset sort of thing yeah and i'm just I like man <laughs> like this is like i don't know and so that like felt like i just i happened across someone i helped them as part of my journey but it wasn't like i have to do this thing and it's trivial so that i can go and do my main thing it's like a bonus instead of a requirement which again they're tricking my brain into doing side quests by telling me that they're like secret and not required right yeah. i mean but that <laughs> so sounds more it feels better it's yeah. a great system it sounds more natural to what what would be um like i think red dead redemption tried to do this a little bit as you would walk into a town and rather than having like quests show up you just kind of like experience it and um you could decide to go on that side quest it was it would definitely add like a side quest to your to your sort of line but i think we're at that point where large scale games are are starting to um come out that have been influenced by you know red dead which is only a couple years old um and i here's the thing i'm not played valhalla i've i've kind of been able to kind of shelve it and be like i'm not pretending it doesn't exist, but interested in it when it, when I have the time to, to get around to it, which has been, you know, a theme over the last couple of weeks. I, I did the same thing to WoW. And um, I, I I really would like to experience Valhalla. My main question that, that keeps popping to mind, and I haven't seen it as much with Valhalla as I did with Odyssey, was related to the main characters in that in Odyssey, the male and female choices were two distinct characters. One was good and one was not. You know, Cassandra was uh, was the was the choice that you had, and then Alexios is just the weirdo that runs around and acts evil <laughs> in your playthrough, and and you're not missing much by by uh, by not choosing Alexios uh, as your main. So in this one, I have not heard it as much. Like uh, it is one character this time. It's El Elvor Elfior elvor you would have probably heard it more than I have, but uh... yeah, which is really funny because honestly, like there are many place names and people names in this game that honest i think it's like it's like ivor ivor yeah i that sounds right i don't like honestly it's it's one of those things where there are so many consonants in the words (laughs) that i'm just like i because i'm playing with closed captioning and i'm like i don't even know if i should be playing with closed captioning because i feel like i'm more confused 
seeing oh. the word and the versus like hearing it. I'm like, that's not what those letters sound like. Yeah. <laughs> you're just skipping over stuff at this point. Hey man, <laughs> like, brevity, you're viking yeah. it up. You need to make sure <laughs> that you've got the you know the the time to. to oh to man, some it's. Folks. Honestly, it's, uh, yeah, it, the names of things are very, very hard to remember and like wrap my head around and I can't even begin to pronounce most of them. But uh, I will say that character wise in this one, there is only one character. Uh, everything that I've seen, it plays out exactly the same because, um, I've looked a couple of things up just because, uh, that, that mystery walking, uh, off the cliff sleepwalking guard guy. Um, I went down to the watch post after dealing with that. And there was a woman who was like the head of the guard post who was like yelling and screaming about this guy that deserted him and always gets stuck up in the mountains and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, can you please just help me go find him? Or can you please just uh, go and find him or whatever? Like, I don't want to send a whole detachment of people out again because then they're going to get lost in the snow and this guy's such a slacker. He's not worth the steal or whatever. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then I spent like half an hour looking for this deserter before I realized I ended up looking it up because I was like, I've been up and down this road and all through like the woods and the mountainside and stuff in and around this watchtower. And I can't find the guy like, what the hell? Where is this? And it turns out it was the it was the side uh, the air quote side quest, the mystery um, that I had already like solved by helping this guy not sleepwalk off a cliff. So anyways, um, because I did that, it like the breadcrumb or I guess what would be a breadcrumb quest in uh, any other kind of questing game uh, was just this lady standing there screaming and it didn't like update with the fact that I'd already done that content. So that's one like downside of the system that I'm really noticing is that like if you just go out of your way to like try to find things and really explore an area sometimes you may miss the original thing and you have to be really aware of what you've already done so anyways um through this like finding this screaming guard lady I was like okay I've looked around for half an hour. I can't find this. I'm going to look it up. So I looked it up and the guy that had posted it was playing as the male version of the character. I'm playing as the female version of the character because honestly, your mom in the opening scene is so freaking badass. I'm like, I just want to be her. Can I just play as her? <laughs> but in the opening scene, it starts off. You're like probably about like eight. I don't know. I don't know how to age kids. Um, they all they all look around. the. They're all like either teenagers or like young, but not a baby. Like I really have no <laughs> idea of like how, how old kids are. But like yeah. I'm going to say around like eight. I don't know. They go from um, like pooping their pants <laughs> to talking to school and then they're to fully independent school. right like yeah. they're like big gaps um that you know it's hard to explain but yeah they get there yeah so anyways you're this like um preteen kid uh and you have uh like a shaved head so basically that character is meant to be just like fully androgynous when you're a kid and then when you grow up, you you kind of like pick and say like, oh, because you also have a very like gender neutral name, I guess. <laughs> uh, but there are from what I could tell, all the dialogue options were the same, like all of the it's it's all the same voice lines. Like there's no difference um, between playing the male version or the female version of this character. 
um, they basically just say like at the beginning, like there's a like the subtlest, smallest tint of the modern world and the animus because it just says like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or like, I think it's like Lauren or something. It's like, whoa, what the heck was that? And then someone, some other voice is like, oh, there's like two data streams here or something like this. DNA is really old and you're, you're going to have to like narrow in on one or the other. And then it makes you pick your gender and like, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> and then just like, all right, we're going to narrow or we're going to like focus in on that stream or that data stream or whatever. And then you just go on as adult male or female. I Evor, Ivor, Avor, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Igor. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I had, I had seen that you can, you can actually choose like, uh, um, you can both? also swap at any time. Yeah. Oh, you can actually swap, or is that something you can do whenever you want? Like if you're just, ah, I'm just gonna switch yeah, over you to can, the guy. You can swap your uh, combat difficulty, your exploration difficulty, and your character gender anytime you want. Hmm. That's kind of so. I could play like one. Yeah, I could play like one quest as like the girl, and one quest as the guy, and then go back to the girl again. And yeah, <laughs> really confuse my Viking friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it sounds like uh, they've they're starting to use the idea of um, using like historical artifacts and DNA to kind of explain like, you know, wave away like, no, like this is one character. But because of the lack of data, um, we can we can reconstruct it as a male version of this character or a female version, as opposed to what they did in Odyssey, where they created two distinct characters and and swap them out. Uh, depending mm -hmm. on who you chose and i'm just wondering if uh if folks who have played odyssey and then gone to valhalla if they find that change has maybe affected the quality of the character or if it's in both a, a, either a good or a bad way in terms of not having these these moments that they can craft i i, I have no idea like i've i haven't heard bad things so i'm assuming everything's everything's really cool like people have been really excited about playing as a viking and i mm -hmm. mean it, it well, seems that's, crazy that's kind of the personality that they lean into like mm -hmm. without doing any story spoilers or anything really um you very much as far as i've played so far again i'm not very far in in terms of actual like story questing content because i've just been sidetracked too many times but um like one thing i have really noticed is like your character so like me playing as the female version of the character like she is very much and I, and i think this might be also uh like um from what i very superficially understand of viking culture is like male female didn't really matter warriors a warrior everyone like has to like do their part sort of thing right like that's my very basic understanding of like things I might kind of remember from when we studied Vikings for a month in grade five, like <laughs> it's a good month. Um, so like, you're not, um, you're not treated any differently because you are a female in the culture or anything like that. So it feels like it felt very natural to be playing through as my character because she was just a, she's just like a strong warrior, capable warrior who is leading her own crew and bent on just revenge. And she's this like just forced to be reckoned with. And I feel like that 
character is generic enough, but they fleshed out the world enough that like you care and the relationships between you and the people that are around you feel genuine regardless of gender, which I think is a great way to tell a story, right? It's just like write a character and then who really cares what's between their legs, right? It doesn't really matter. It's a good character regardless. So, and it's a good story regardless. And it doesn't feel shoehorned. It doesn't feel like tokenism or or anything else. It just feels like a really good, interesting story that my character fits really well into. And I'm enjoying it quite a lot. Like I like being this like crazy Viking badass woman. And I think it would be just as enjoyable if you were playing on the dude side. Mm -hmm. Because you have that kind of like shoulder punching, like bro moment with your brother. And you've got like, you know, they've got romantic interests on both sides. Like you can romance men, women, doesn't matter. Anyone go for it. You're a Viking. Have at it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds it sounds also like they just, one of those superficial things I know about Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> they like to have at it. <laughs> they do. Well, you know what? There's yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it sounds it's a it was a pastime of theirs outside of, you know, uh, <laughs> raiding Again, the raiding and the looting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it, it sounds like it's a game, a very enjoyable game. I wonder, you know, uh, it's one of those games that seems perfect to try on this this you know uh, host of next gen consoles in terms of a large open world Ubisoft game uh, with no load times. That sounds like cheating and or magic. Uh, <laughs> and and on, well, and again, like it's it's no load times. I can't speak to other systems. It's like no noticeable load screens or times. Uh, on the series x and oh it would just be series x and playstation 5 unless like i don't even know if you could hit that on pc um i yeah i don't know um the only time i have a little bit of a load screen is after death then you get like you come back to that world that's like full of like cloudy fog or whatever you have to run to the edge of and then you just kind of like run to the edge of it and again it's the whole fade to black come back in with the scene where you left off at your at your most recent save sort of thing um, that's the most noticeable quote unquote load screen, but there's no bar. There's no nothing like it doesn't last long enough for it to register in my brain as like, mm. oh, I died and it had to load my save <laughs> and, <laughs> like it's super fast. Yeah. And you're playing like 4K 60 frames per 4K, second. Yeah. Yep. That's again, something that Which a, a I, lot of folks would struggle I, on PC. I'll say it's. Um, I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just my my like untrained eye will call it. I don't know if it's necessarily like worth it. I have noticed a couple times where like there's a little bit of a delay in the texture loading, like on the the snow in particular, because there's a lot of snow in Norway. I don't know if you know this. Mm. Um, there's a lot of snow and basically everything is covered in like snow and ice. And it just kind of looks like vaguely white at a distance. But the closer you get, the more like it becomes basically particles and and it reacts to your steps as if you are stepping into powdery, fluffy snow uh, and all of those particle effects are there. But it's like there's like this uncanny snow valley (laughs) in between where sometimes it's like a weird 
like load line almost of like the hey you're too far away to notice so we're not going to load it versus like oh now you could maybe step in it so we should probably render this <laughs> so there's a i've noticed it a couple times with the snow in particular hmm. but that's about it but even then i don't really notice the difference between like playing on my computer at 1080 Again, I'm I'm, you know, like a foot and a half to two feet away from my computer screen when I'm gaming. Right. So I don't really notice the difference between being close to a smaller screen at 1080 versus sitting on my couch to my TV and playing at 4K like it looks nice. But the other thing that I've noticed that drives me absolutely insane and I don't think there's a way to turn it off is when it's snowing or when you're on your boat, there are like splashes of water as if your tv is like a windshield mm. of a car <laughs> driving in the rain yeah. so there's these like big splotches of like blur and i'm like why would you do that it's a terrible effect <laughs> like it's like you're doing extra rendering <laughs> or like extra like calculations based on how i'm moving my camera as to what you should be blurring like why it it's, looks so uh, stupid and it's, it's like immersion breaking for me so i'm like i'm not driving a car i'm sailing my freaking long ship <laughs> like what are you doing the 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 well i mean the... i'm also not wearing glasses like there's there's nothing <laughs> like the, oh god it's so it's so annoying <laughs> the fake rain is or the fake water is getting on the animus camera that your character is using to experience this person's life i don't know it's it's video games and it's i mean dumb, ryan it's dumb it, it sounds dumb <laughs> uh it sounds it doesn't sound like a like a deal breaker i i think this is it's my, not a deal breaker it's definitely a nitpick but it's oh, like it's the kind of nitpick that when we're talking about graphics and we're talking about like crisp and clean 4k it's like but then they've made this weird blur it all out and throw it all out the window decision with all of these water droplets on my tv screen like it's so and no my roof isn't leaking this is in the game <laughs> well i mean here's the thing i i find that when new when games are sort of target like a next generation especially early on um they struggle with what to sort of attempt at accomplishing and from for the most part it's not like let's get this current gen game running even better even smoother on this next gen that is sometimes the goal but it sounds like in this case they've kind of they're pushing more effects they're pushing more you know stuff to happen because they have extra it does hardware. kind of feel like they're yeah like they're trying to play around with like what looks good what they can do like push the limits and be like oh like we have a little bit more computing power that we can play with when they're on rails or whatever in the ship. So why don't we try splashing them with water and see if that looks cool? Oh, yeah, that worked. Yeah, we'll just leave it in. I just wish I could turn it off because I think it looks really stupid. But anyways, um, overall, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's the kind of thing that has that is engaging enough and interesting enough. And the combat is it's decently fun. Like it's buggy. It's still an Assassin's Creed game like it's. The combat is what it is. It's not the greatest thing ever, but it's not terrible. Um, but Valhalla has been interesting enough to pull me away from week one of Shadowlands. So like and Shadowlands is a really good expansion so far. So that I think really speaks to how how good I think this is as an entry into the Assassin's Creed franchise. 
Um, there's a lot of kind of interesting tidbits of information that I found by exploring a little bit more, kind of looking for some of these mysteries and, and hidden side quests and untrackable side quests and stuff that has really added a lot to the story and the lore and my understanding of what's going on. And I think that there's like some pretty big bombshells that are about to happen. And on top of that, I'm really getting uh, from a story writing perspective, I'm really getting Horizon Zero Dawn vibes because there's like, again, I'm trying to talk around this without giving any kind of spoilers or anything, but the thing that you think that the story is about gets resolved a whole lot quicker than you would think that it would. And then the world starts to open up and there's a whole bunch more to learn about the world, the other clans, the like relationships and conspiracies and, and not to, not to mention obviously the, the assassins and the, um, Oh shoot. What are they called? The Templars. The Templars. Yeah. So far in Valhalla, they've just called them the order and they've been explaining it to the Vikings as like their warring clan. So they haven't actually used the Templar name yet in Valhalla as far as I've gotten, but um, there's definitely the presence of both sides. So yeah, they're, they are very like the world is opening up and it's giving me Horizon Zero Dawn story beats kind of vibes. Like I'm really, really enjoying the way that it's playing out so far. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I think my struggle with the Assassin's Creed franchise is I don't think I played. They hit a point with maybe right after Black Flag where they they removed a lot of the uh, current, you know, present world stuff way out from from what was happening in game like it was still assassins versus templars trying to find specific artifacts but it went from yeah. every chapter end to maybe three times throughout the whole game so that like overarching story was progressing very slowly as you kind of went forward I, I think i got to a point in odyssey where it did start to cross over a little bit more and it was getting interesting like i like the historical stuff it's great to kind of run around but I kind of I kind of liked the breaks, you know, the the chapter breaks where you'd go back out. A lot of people complained about that, but that was because they would kind of run with them a little too long, but like little story breaks where you're popping out and having a conversation. Uh, I remember in Origins, I think it was, like you were in a you were in a cave most of the time. I'm I might be mixing them all together, but <laughs> you'd be in a cave and, and the the person would say like you know we're not so used to this portable animus you gotta like get out of it and rest your eyes a bit why don't you go for a jog around the cave a little bit and and it was a nice you know change of scenery it was a nice break but um i with valhalla i'm i really want to play it i think my original plan was to uh play it on subscribe to uplay plus uh to check it out on pc and overlap that with checking it out checking out um phoenix rising immortals rising phoenix anyways the new another new ubisoft <laughs> open world game play them both on pc get a taste just to kind of see what they're like probably you know continue valhalla in a way when whenever i get a next gen console and be that that first third party open world game um because ubisoft has like ubisoft connect where like all their games are cross uh cross save so you are cross progression so technically you could have continued and might have continued your pc game 
No, or no, you didn't play it on PC, did you? I can't. I remember. didn't. No, I didn't. So if you had, no, I was. I was waiting to. I was waiting to decide if I was going to get a next gen console and then to actually get the next gen console because <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. Otherwise, so, I probably would have started. I would have done the same thing, played on PC, and then hopped over. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I I do like the idea that uh, now Ubisoft and EA, more so for EA, because now I can try their games before I buy them, considering that luck. <laughs> but uh, with Ubisoft, I think it's just an opportunity. Like I know I don't have time to invest the ninety dollars to buy this, so I'll put twenty down, try two games. It it kind of really feels like a long term rental. Like for ten bucks, ten dollars per game. That is way cheaper and way longer than you got to keep any blockbuster game. So, uh... <laughs> yeah. And so I basically I made the investment in this because I really wanted to like ha- feel a little bit like I had to play it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I there's so many titles that I've like meant to play or have access to on insert subscription here or whatever. And I never get around to it. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to really sink my teeth into an Assassin's Creed. It's been a long time. So I was like ready for Valhalla. I think the last one I really sunk my teeth into was Black Flag uh, in, in terms of like playing it start to finish, like really exploring everything. I've, I've touched all the other ones. But Origins was just so like blah that I even couldn't really get into. Um... Oh, the one they did with Cassandra. Uh, the, oh, Odyssey. Odyssey, that's it. They, see, they have two O names, and I always confuse them. But yeah, the Egypt one, not so great. The, the yeah, Greek I didn't one, like. Yay. I didn't like the Egypt one. And, and but it's even crazy, then, yeah. the Greek one, I I couldn't really uh, just I just couldn't get into it. Um, mm. I think people were like hyped it up too much, and then I I was like worried it was going to be a letdown, so I just kind of let it go. But yeah, Valhalla is really really fun. Well. um depending on how cyberpunk 2077 lands we'll see we'll see i mean it's really tough like i'm at this point where i'm like a week and a half out from cyberpunk so i'm like there's no point in touching Valhalla. yeah i need to finish i basically need to finish valhalla level up two alts uh get ready for raiding and <laughs> all in time for cyberpunk so yeah like 10 days to to check a lot of boxes but it's yeah. fine i'll do it it's fine just... how hard could it be it's not like it's about to be the busiest time of the year or anything. Oh, no. wait, right. Pandemic. So it probably won't be. <laughs> no, it'll be quiet. I, I, I think yeah. where I struggle with, and, I, and I've struggled a lot in the last maybe five years with games, and, and I don't think it has much, you know, as much to do with, you know, having, you know, kids in, in a more active, you know, role at work. It really comes down to there are just so many more experiences. I mean, if oh, you God, look at so much content. I know. And if you look at our conversations five years, eight years ago, it was about we played the one game that came out this month and really enjoyed it. And yeah, there were games as a service, but there were one or two. But now there are hundreds and uh, tens of which are good and uh, <laughs> and engaging. Um, but then you've got like big games. And yes, previous years, November was always busy. But now you're getting like you know early winter spring summer stuff too and it's just it's crazy yeah, it's how like much all of a sudden play. like february march april is really busy now too and so it's like august september and yep. you know like it's you might get like a month of downtime in between but it's like two months on one month off to catch up and two months on and one month off to catch up and speaking of really fun 
titles that you've kind of fallen off of. Obviously, I was talking about Shadowlands and now I'm picked up, picking up Valhalla, which means that I have fallen off of Bug Snacks, which is really unfortunate because <laughs> I loved that game. So tell me, are, are you still enjoying it? Like how how's your experience been in there to kind of like wrap up that whole conversation? Yeah, so uh, Monday was pretty rainy. It was uh, raining all day. And um, when Caden finished his, his last session, I was like, okay, let's go play bug snacks or bug snacks because he's he, he, he's been um he and both abby have been bugging me since we started playing the game like we want to go catch that big watermelon bug snack which is <laughs> on the loading screen and i'm just like yeah okay we'll figure it out we'll go catch the the watermelon bug snack and for the longest time we just never showed up never showed up i'm unlocking all the areas we're going we're unlocking all the people we're bringing all the grumpuses back we finally went to the final area and i'm like okay where is this watermelon thing where is my watermelon (laughs) i i get the notice uh i haven't finished the game but i get the notice of like okay this is the point of no return yes a game like bug snacks has a point of no return which i (laughs) find kind of funny uh more so just because of the type of game and and but i'm super i'm super happy that all i think all games should do that like they should state if you if you continue past this point and and oftentimes i think those warnings are getting even more detailed of like hey at this point you're gonna do like a few missions the game's gonna end but don't worry you're gonna be able to come back and finish off your stuff yeah in the case of bug snacks it made it very clear when you do this this last mission um, it is going to lock you out from from catching more bug snack or bug snacks, and uh, I was like, okay, well, clearly we need to do cleanup on on side quests. Um, still couldn't find the watermelon bug snacks, and I'm starting to get some what? antsy kids here. Yeah, and they're like, when are we going to find this watermelon bug snack? So I I looked it up and uh, I, I look it up online, and I'm, I was like, oh, we have to continue the the Chandlo uh, side quest stuff. So we go down that route, and I mean, he's hilarious because he's this like bodybuilder macho guy, and you're just <laughs> constantly feeding him bug snacks. That that's what the side quests kind of boil down to for some characters is just feed them bug snacks until that's all they are, um, and it is very jarring and and very creepy when you feed enough bug snacks to someone that all their body parts turn into a bug snack, and it's like. <laughs> are you you are what you eat man (laughs) well and that's but that's the concern is like are you still you when how many grumpuses have you eaten thinking they were bug snacks true also that it's just the game and the, the game does have like sort of a darker tone to it there are moments where you see you even see it in the trailer so it's not a spoiler you see these these this humanoid figure made up entirely of bug snacks and it's in the trailer it it's popped up a couple of times in game and it seems to be someone that kind of like is on camera and then walks off very like slender man style like oh creepy you know he's watching <laughs> me type thing and the kids are like freaked out by it like oh my god what's that weird strange man in the corner it's like well i don't know it's something made out of bug snacks it just scurried off and that is the mystery that continues to unfold throughout but the game kind of drops it after a while like you start to get really focused on bringing everybody back to snackberg um but yeah i've been doing these side quests we did sorry we did find the watermelon bug snacks after going through the chandlo uh side quests and um they were devastated when we finally caught this this uh this watermelon bug snacks which turned out to be a really cool kind of 
boss slash puzzle. Um, so I highly recommend you do the side quests and bug snacks because I think they lead to the more interesting encounters as opposed to okay. the main story, which are just is kind of just a little bit. Um, it, it's it's more just you're finding folks and you're bringing them back to bug snacks, bug snack or whatever. And <laughs> for, for the most part, those quests, the main line are like, you know, I'm feeling peckish, you know, turn my arm into a strawberry. Okay, now feed me something sweet. Okay, now find me some chips. And it's like, okay, are you guys just all chilling in town or chilling in the desert or whatever? And and you get the munchies? Like, what am I? I'm a reporter, not your, you know, friend from college. Like, I don't <laughs> understand how this is helping anyone. Uh, but yeah, we, we got the watermelon bug snack. And it was a little boss fight where you had to like, it would, it had phases and stuff. It was really cool. And finally we beat it and the, uh, I catch it and the kids are like, yay, we caught it. Like, what, what, what do we do with it? Can we keep it? And uh, sure enough to leave the area and complete the quest, you have to feed the only watermelon bug snacks you've caught to Chandlo. Oh no. <laughs> and the kids were devastated. Uh, they, oh, they were like, Oh no. So now for days they've been asking me like, can we, can we catch another one? Is there another one? And I just keep thinking to myself, like, I don't know, because that <laughs> encounter it was, was part of a, yeah, a quest. Like. Yeah, it was so <laughs> unique in, in, in required Chandlo to actually catch uh, the watermelon bug snack. Like, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they forget is kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> but that damn loading Best screen. parenting style ever. Hopefully they forget. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure it worked for our parents when we watched like ads for toys. And uh, it's what I'm leaning on right now for bug snacks is just so they forget. I mean, there's so many distractions uh, these days. Look, there's a Netflix series. Okay. Um, Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm very much enjoying it. I think at some point we are going to just clean up the quests and do the final final mode. But um, it's a bigger game uh, than than you kind of, you know, that is kind of presented to you at the beginning. It really feels like this cute sort of got to catch them all style game with like a little bit of a story wrapping. But uh, it very much goes down like a narrative rabbit hole as you're kind of like learning about what's happening on silent and there's more to it than just you discovered an island of bug snacks and i think it's probably like a 15 hour game if i'd have to guess i think i'm at the 10 hour mark and i once we kind of clear everything out and, and keep moving on the story I, I could see it being uh being 15 hours so and, and they add awesome. stuff constantly so uh i mean i just found another sauce after like 10 hours of gameplay wow um and the sauce is what you use to kind of lure and attract certain bug snacks. So they're constantly adding layers to it that that's like, you know, that's got to be it, right? Like we've got all the areas, we've got all the sauces, we've we found the bug snacks. But uh, yeah, the kids are digging it. I, I really do hope that once we finish it, there still isn't an option or at least an easy option for us to go back in and maybe dabble a little bit and, and catch the bug snacks because uh, that seems to be the kids' favorite thing. The other thing the kids really like is... When we're on the um, in the volcano area, which is an extension of the beach, they they say, "Oh, let me control," and they just walk me into the lava, and then the character <laughs> hilariously runs around on fire, and they just lose it. They lose it. They just hysterically laugh like you're doing right now, and um, and I'm like, "Okay, well, this isn't getting us anywhere. You don't die. Like nothing bad happens. Yeah, you, you literally yeah, you like don't have health bars or yeah, anything. Yeah, you just Kermit flail, and there's fire on screen." <laughs> And the kids 
really like it and i'm like okay what what if we go do something as opposed to just continuously running into the lava no let's keep running into the lava is kind of what i've got as long as they're having fun they are having fun yes but maybe maybe to get them away from the watermelon bug snacks i'll have to just go to the lava area for a couple days oh dear yeah and then they'll forget uh so do you think you're gonna follow bug snacks up with hyrule warriors or no i've i've kind of not not for the kids like i've i've been using hyrule warriors as sort of like a i'm gonna sit down for you know a half hour to an hour uh to to play this this uh hyrule warriors game and um i've been enjoying it it's really weird being back in that breath of the wild world where they've nailed the sounds, the look, the locations, the characters. And I know this day and age, like when you work with Nintendo and you get the assets, but they've really matched everything and have tailored it to Hyrule Warriors. I mean, you and I both played Hyrule Warriors on the Wii U. Yeah. And uh, this feels like a different game because I'm comparing it to, to the original Hyrule Warriors. It's like... The original was kind of like more of a stylized cartoon look in that it was Mm -hmm. very cartoony, whereas this one is more cel-shaded, cartoony, live. It's like a weird mix as opposed to the other one, which was straight up, you know, Ocarina of Time rendering type thing. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And so story-wise, are we happy with what's going on like how far into hyrule warriors are you are you you know like really diving into it is it is it a good story because i know like breath of the wild was a little bit story light all zeldas kind of are but what do you think yeah here's the thing about the story so this was this has been billed as a as a prequel right yeah um but very early on like first five minutes of the game uh, it starts with the calamity, and I mean, like, if you want to avoid oh, all spoilers, what? then you can jump out now. But this is literally the first five minutes of the game, so I think it's better everyone understand this either before they purchase or think about purchasing. I think everyone should play the demo because it really lays this out pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it starts with the calamity. You're not controlling; it's a cutscene. It focuses on the castle, uh, Zelda's chambers, and this little like BB-8 guardian pops out of a box and is like freaking out and beep beep booping around like very star wars (laughs) yeah and and i'm fine with that like personally i'm like okay yeah it's uh, whatever you're gonna do a mini guardian thing there were there were little machines yeah yeah. so i could see that she would have some sort of connection into that security system and she was very you know zelda was very uh interested in the guardian tech like that's you know what yep. she was focusing on in breath of the wild you know her father was like learn to do the light thing don't worry about these guardians they're just there to i don't know uh anyways that was the breath of the wild story that was my impression it's been a while uh but yeah there's this like weird bb8 zelda character and he's like beep beep booping around the calamity's going off and and he uh goes he he creates a portal he goes back in time um to to 100 years ago or no 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 he goes back in time because 100 years passes after the calamity he goes back in time yeah i was gonna say i was like that seems like an extreme no, no. one's even born yet yeah yeah <laughs> so he goes back in time to uh, a point in which you know they are preparing for the calamity so again like 
right off the bat it's like okay well is this the proper prequel because you've introduced time travel so this isn't the prequel to breath of the wild this is a story told from a like it's a different timeline you've gone back in time like they introduced time travel to this thing and made what is a complex weird zelda story even more complex now that this is not the prequel (laughs) Uh, now, don't get me wrong, the events that are happening in Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity could very well be very similar to uh, Nintendo's I was going to say, thoughts. have you finished it? Like, do you know that, um, like, it might still end in the same place? Yeah, I have not finished it. Um, I'm about, f- I've played about 10 hours. Uh, mm. I will, I will say this, the story to me, it still hits the beats that I wanted it to hit in that like you're slowly recruit, you're quickly recruiting um, the champions. They all very much sound and feel like the characters from breath of the wild. So they've nailed that. You got the beep, beep, boop thing walking around, but really it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't impact. It's, it's, it's cute. There's a a scene that I tried to, um, I, I, I recorded it where you like, save or the bb8 character like tries to save zelda from an attack and then link steps in and saves both of them and then like afterwards like the bb8 thing is like beep beep booping around link and like making link all nervous and it's super it's pretty great it's pretty adorable and cool and funny at the same time um so he doesn't really get in the way of the prequel storytelling but there is this like background time travel stuff where the i think they're the yiga clan they were from Breath of the Wild. Like their whole, you know, shtick was to be we want the calamity to happen. So they're like working actively to make sure to sort of like sabotage any of the efforts by the high the Hyrule people. And they are present in this game, but there is like this other, you know, uh like uh evil BB eight guardian who, <laughs> oh, God. who who also maybe came back from the future to like deal to help make sure everything goes according to plan like the calamity actually happens um and which is funny because at the end of breath of the wild spoilers for the however many years old game it is now but like at the end of breath of the wild it doesn't matter that the calamity happened because in the end we win so (laughs) yeah but a lot of people died right like so yeah to prevent it before the calamity um I mean, you remember how quiet that game was and how empty it was, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, this game is not empty. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of enemies. And it almost feels unlike Breath of the Wild in that you are walking through the fields that you remember from Breath of the Wild, yet it's just packed with enemies and you were just taking them out. Maybe that, like, I, I almost feel, just from the sounds of it, it almost sounds like I would enjoy Breath of the Wild more because the calamity would have more weight if I actually played Hyrule Warriors, got this prequel story, felt the world be full, and then went, oh my God, everything got wiped off of it. And then maybe I'd be more forgiving about some of my criticisms of Breath of the Wild. I don't know. The weapons still break in Breath of the Wild, so. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a, that's really interesting. So like, my big hang up with this game is that it's it's a skin on top of a Warriors game, right? So it's going to have that same sort of gameplay loop. Are there enough like main characters to play with interesting powers to the point that it's worth the price tag for 
the like interesting unique gameplay with the prequel story like is that a because it's a what 80 or 90 dollar game like it's a full triple a price game yeah it's a full price and that's game. my big hang my big hang up is that it just seems too expensive for what it is um no i mean this is from what i've experienced this is a, a full game i put 10 hours in i'm only like chapter three um there are story quests and then there are you know side quests to kind of increase the power of your your characters um it's not a spoiler to say that like right off the bat you get uh link impa zelda and then you get the champions um and the character additions sort of slow down after that but um I just unlocked a character, and I don't want to spoil it because it was so surprising that, like, oh, we're going to play as this character. Um, so they kind of do this thing with Hyrule, like they did with Hyrule Warriors, is they give you the opportunity to play, like, yeah, you can play as Link, yeah, you can play as uh, Zelda, but you're also going to play as this completely random character that you just would never imagine in your wildest dreams ever controlling in this scenario. Uh, so you get one of those around chapter three or four. And again, I don't want to spoil it because it's like, yeah, it, it was a good surprise. Um, and I had no idea. But you also get to control the uh, the guardians. Um, all four guardians are used. They're in special maps and they kind of like zoom out from what appears to be a traditional, less detailed Hyrule Warriors map. But you are controlling this giant guardian and you were just tearing things up. So there are varied gameplay modes where sometimes you're doing the traditional Hyrule Warriors run around, send your guys around and swap around the map. And then other times you were jumping into this Guardian and you're just like kill 4,000 you know, enemies and you're just trouncing them. You're shooting lasers and you're just having a blast. Uh, but I, I think that combined with the story and the other Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors type stuff where you're like, completing you know assignments like finding resources and and unlocking shops and and doing that sort of thing feels like a pretty bulky game uh and the gameplay is just so satisfying in a sense where you can kind of like just lay back and put as much effort into it as you want or put put little effort into it and you're just kind of like mowing down these enemies in a way that feels so satisfying and different from any other game like, I would say, like, if you're playing Valhalla, this is a good kind of, like, I'm sick of being, you know, finite in my combat and going to specific areas in the map to find, you know, sleepwalking people. I'm just going to go <laughs> play Hyrule Warriors. They're going to point me in a direction, and I'm going to take them out in a in such a, either a sloppy or or quick, you know, mannered way as possible. Or I'm just going to run into a bunch of enemies, hit the A button, and do a super cool power move. Like... <laughs> It has all that and is so different from, you know, anything else you're playing. Like if we were talking about, you know, you're talking about Valhalla and I'm talking about like Phoenix, Phoenix Immortal Risings or whatever. I'm like, oh, should I play it? It's like, well, no, you're already playing a similar game in Valhalla. Like they're they're two very similar open world Ubisoft games, even yeah. Watch Dogs Legion, right? Like we haven't yeah. talked about it on the show, but I've been playing that. And it's like it's hard to recommend because Ubisoft is literally releasing another two games in the same sort of formula with in the different same settings. vein yeah 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 so i would say like if you're looking for something completely different and based on your enjoyment of hyrule warriors uh unfortunately yeah Hi uh, age of calamity is really is really interesting I, I think the story i need to see where it goes but right now it's more focused on what i could imagine actually happening in the prequel to breath of the wild as opposed to my mind getting caught on like 
you know, BB-8 time traveler. Like, the time yeah. travel stuff, <laughs> it, it's not like the Guardian comes in and is like, hey, guys, this is all you need to do to, to defeat the Calamity. He comes in and he's just beep, beep, booping around. Like, he doesn't really do anything. He just shows up and annoys people, like, or... I don't know. He just follows them around. Like he maybe points them in, in a certain direction every once in a while, but it feels like what's happening in the story is, you know, Zelda's quest to try and unlock her powers and to get the guardians trained up. And you were seeing that story unfold. Uh, you know, I just experienced like, you know, also Rivali is still a dick and he's just like constantly, <laughs> you know, making sure Link knows that he is a piece of shit. And it's just like, Oh my God, like, can we, cook this bird i just i'm sick and tired of listening to him and he's like constantly like giving link you know crap about him being like what's this guy doing here like we're the guardians and what's him he's just a knight he's just he's just a guard why is he leading us into combat and he's like i will show you uh so you can just experience <laughs> all that again in in more detail so it's weird i don't think they needed to do the time travel stuff i'm getting hung up on it but i don't think they needed to do it i think they could have just told the prequel i i was shocked yeah. that they did it maybe maybe it all comes together at the end it's it's really not it's not ruining the experience but i'm worried that once i finished it it'll it'll be like nah it was all about time travel the whole time and i'm like no <laughs> i really just want this to be a prequel please can it not just be a prequel uh so we'll see as it goes but from a gameplay from a setting from a look and feel and even from mostly a story perspective i'm enjoying it so far and i, and I think you'd really dig it um, because it does build on what they were laying down in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. All right, we'll have to check it out. Um, and speaking of checking things out, you guys should go and check out the streams for Extra Life. If you'd like to support us, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. Ryan, we just did a stream this past weekend doing a trivia murder party with from uh, Jackbox Games. So I don't know about you, but I had a really, really fun time. <laughs> yeah. Once I remembered how Jackbox Games work, um, <laughs> I and I'm like, I'm streaming this whole thing and I'm, I'm sitting here like, okay, so I play on the monitor. No, you don't play on the monitor. You have to be on the phone as well. I was like, really? What, then what's the monitor for? It's like, well, that's, that's the game. You're controlling your phone. And I've played Jackbox before, but like I had well, it's to go. They're all meant to be played in the same room, right? True. So the idea is you put it up on your TV and then everybody plays on their phone. So, but yeah, it was so funny too. Cause you just, there was one point in trivia murder, murder party where the thing that you had to do was like press escape in the <sighs> game menu and watching you trying to figure that out. And you never did. And then you died. It was hilarious. Yeah. I didn't and really although, understand what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those like fourth wall breaking things because uh, we play a lot of um, like escape room games and sometimes they make you refer to like the barcode on the box or something. Whereas the whole game you've been playing with like cards and, and all these little things that, that come in the game and it is super immersion breaking so like we as the audience had figured it out and ryan's just like what what do you mean i need to pause what does that mean i'm okay and uh, like sitting there like holding his breath and stuff it was hilarious but yeah i i agree it's uh, sometimes immersion breaking but um overall i had a good time though did are you a fan of trivia murder party i am yeah it actually inspired me and i don't know how it's gonna go it'll probably make an interesting segment in the future for gamers in but i i said to ashley's like i kind of want to set up like a zoom trivia murder party jackbox game with uh 
with her family just because they are more technically savvy and have high speed internet as opposed to my my side of the family that is still on sort of cell phone data I yeah guess. we we tried to do it with matt's side of the family and some of them are are out in the country and it was just oh man yeah <laughs> it was a tech support nightmare <laughs> and that's what i'm thinking it'll turn it turn into but i i i, I do want to try it i want to see how it goes because i really think they would enjoy it um they they are also the folks that would would get into some of the quirkier board games and and card games and party games and stuff so yeah there's gonna, lots of that in there yeah i'm gonna try it see how it goes it'll be over zoom so it'll probably be terrible but um <laughs> we're gonna try it and and really like with everything going on i i i know we're not all gonna be in the same room for for the holidays so uh it's this might be a good way to kind of see if we're if it doesn't work then we just won't try it again we probably won't speak of it again and we'll just move forward like we do with all <laughs> other things and in, in uh in terrible game experiences but yeah i'm looking forward to trying it out yeah and the one thing i really like uh, speaking of like playing this with with other groups that aren't necessarily like gamers or might be a wide age range is with trivia murder party the thing that I noticed is that the trivia is so random. Mm. It's like, it doesn't pick any like one era. Like it really is all over the map. There's all kinds of different subjects. Like some of it is sciencey stuff. Some of it is entertainment. Some of it is super up to date and cutting edge. And then there's like, Hey, do you remember that one episode of that show from 1970? Like <laughs> it really does cover a lot of the bases um without necessarily being too obscure so i find that like pretty much every question with any group that i've played pretty much every question has at least one person if not more that has that gets it right so you're never stumping the whole entire group and even if you do stump the whole entire group the mini games in between to figure out who's gonna die in each round the little mini games are a lot of fun to play too with the exception of the one that ryan got but like some of them are like solve as many math problems as you can as quickly as you can and they're super super simple it's like one plus one is two literally uh, but you just have to do them really quickly some of them are like typing tests like there's there's lots and lots of little mini games to play sometimes you're killing your friends like there was one where i was the the guinea pig that had to choose and then everybody else had to poison all of the cups so there was only like one safe cup and i had to try to guess which one all of my friends had put their poison in and then not drink any of those. Like it was really, really fun. So I do highly recommend it for, uh, for wide age ranges. Like, yeah, it was really good. Maybe not like kid kids, but yeah, definitely teenagers and up would have a lot of fun with this. I think. Yeah. I think the sort of wrapping of the, um, the, the horror sort of side of things with trivia murder party really helps with like, as opposed to just a straight up trivia game, um yeah. and uh it will be it will be interesting to see how it goes and i think it will really fit with you know oh we should play trivia over zoom but no let's let's play this trivia murder party um and i think there's this uh healthy competition where you're all trying yep. to escape and only one of you is going to escape and and i think it'll be a lot of a lot of fun now my experience with jackbox games is um from what i understand there's like one top tier game in the pack we did try another one that felt like it would be really interesting with the family because it was more like you had to kind of put people in specific categories and knowing who they were really helped uh, put them in categories. Yeah, it's really hard to, to play with random people 
from the community as opposed to like your family you've known for years right <laughs> yeah so i mean we'll we'll probably try try a bunch of stuff out but i imagine like once we get everything sorted like i really feel because you just the hardest part will be getting everyone to see the the jackbox screen and i mean if zoom doesn't work i might even go as far to be like go to this youtube link that's like an unlisted live stream so that they join it and then figure out audio maybe just do a big group call i don't know but um yeah like but once you got on your phone like it's just so simple like you go to jackbox.tv you put in the code and i know i'm not explaining anything like crazy to people because they've all played these games been around forever but it's just it's so wild how easy it is to connect and play this trivia game across across the internet and i and yeah had a blast i'm really glad we got a chance to play it because i've been um I've been trying to trying to get more into the Jackbox games is just like figuring out the time and the folks to play with. And I really when I do play it, I have a lot of fun, especially when we're all in the same room. Like I remember playing uh, I remember playing like a, on PlayStation once with a bunch of people in the same room. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I like trivia games with like, you know, an edge to it, whether it's comedy, mostly comedy. Like this one's very it's like a very funny setup, like a lot of laugh out loud yeah. moments. Yeah, absolutely. So again, uh, we played that over on twitch.tv slash Ryan Murphy CA. We're doing it for Extra Life. Again, if you'd like to support the campaign, go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. We have a few more streams happening before the end of the year. Uh, Ryan, you're going to do some retro Nintendo console stuff off of the Switch sometime in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try to squeeze in another stream or two in the next couple of weeks as well. I have up to my goal. So thank you guys so much for helping me hit that. Well, first, second, third goal. Uh, we are, I'm now up to 2,500 for the personal goal. So I'm going to try to squeeze in another couple of streams, uh, to try to hit that goal before the end of the year. And, uh, Ryan and I together are going to stream on Friday, December 18th, starting at 8 PM Eastern on, uh, Ryan Murphy CA and all over on Joss plays. It's going to be our gamers in extra life holiday party. So come and join us for that. We're going to play for a few hours. Uh, basically any game that has a wintry or Christmassy or holiday theme, um, within like a special events and stuff. So if you guys have suggestions, you can hit us up on discord. That is a uh, bit.ly slash TGI discord, or you can send in your suggestions either to our email info at gamers or over on Twitter. You can follow me, Jocelyn at Joss plays. Ryan is Dora Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for staying at the gamers in. And remember tune in next week. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. <laughs>